This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. Welcome back. It's World Cafe. Sense of place, Provo, Utah. Our next story is about a venue. A venue whose formula for success and breaking bands more than likely couldn't be replicated anywhere else in the country. Here's the story of Corey Fox and Velour Live Music Gallery. It's late on Friday night in downtown Provo, and I'm at a rock concert in one of the coolest venues I've ever been to. Everywhere I look, there's an odd antique or curiosity from the stained glass windows at the back of the stage to the vintage signs that dot the wall. The band playing is Sago, and they're covering Paula Cole's Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? It's a nod to the theme of the night, cowboys and indies. Yes, a little rock and roll and a little country. It's a special night for Sago, who came up in Provo, according to Thomas Carroll of the band. It's one of the nights that I can never really relax. There's just something about it. This venue's, like, obviously meant so much to us, and we, like, pretty much owe most of everything to it because this is where we came up playing and stuff. So coming back, you just want it to be good. Uh, It just means a lot, so I guess it gets a little tense sometimes. You just want it to go well. Welcome to the heartbeat of the Provo music scene, the Lure Live Music Gallery. Provo is home to an uncommonly large number of good bands, given the town's population and location. Velour opened in 2006 and served as a launching pad for some of the biggest bands to come out of the scene, including Imagine Dragons. There's also Neon Trees. Plus, the moth in the flame. And the band of the night, one of the latest exports out of the Provo music scene, Sago. We so desperately wanted to be like, in the scene here and like be mainstays at Valor. And we worked ourselves up to that point and got into like that place where we were, you know, headlining act in Provo. So then we decided to move to LA and we wanted to take all of that culture with us and like kind of create that out there as well. A lot of that scene was carved out by Valor. And walking through the doors of the small nightclub is like stepping into another time on another planet. It's a little Vegas, a bit of Graceland, a church somehow got lost in a carnival. Old signs, antiques, kitsch art, there are hundreds of unique pieces. Needless to say, I come back with a carload of stuff every time I go on a trip and have no space. You know, I have two giant storage units full of junk as well. I wouldn't call it junk. But it, it, it circulates. It also, I think, is part of the charm of allure and why people get attached to it. Meet Corey Fox, the man behind Velour Live Music Gallery. I've been working with local bands since 91. There was no local bands when I grew up. Like in high school, I didn't go to one local show. 
like a lot of people around here, I went on an LDS mission. And when I got back, things had just changed. And when I went to college, there was this explosion of local music, um, mainly driven by ska, <laughs> ska music. The big ska explosion in Provo in the 1990s. Did you not know about this? Well, Corey got sucked into the scene managing local bands, and from there... So I basically got tricked, tricked into <laughs> managing venues. Corey was booking bands at a venue around the corner called Rhapsody, and it was about to go out of business, and the owner basically said, hey, if someone doesn't run this, it's going to turn into a hair salon. So Corey stepped up. There's a lot of venues that pop up around here in the college town that last you know, a year and then disappear. That's sure. the, the normal thing. But I had kind of a bigger vision of what I wanted to do. And that's that's what inspired me to open Valor in, in 2006. He wanted a place that bands would feel comfortable with. The mission of Valor was simple. Super vibey that people would be inspired with creativity when they, they came in here. But I also wanted the, the music to be the entire focus. It's part of what makes this scene truly unique. You've got a college town with one notable bar, a group of people who, for the most part, don't drink, and they support a thriving music scene through an all-ages venue with no alcohol sales. We just had a strong strong music scene, and I just I took a gamble that if, if we brought in a higher-quality venue that the, that the scene would rise. When I was, like, a little kid, Corey's been, like the godfather of the scene in any venue iteration forever. That's lead singer and guitarist of Sago, Spencer Peterson. I think, especially for all age venues, it's so hard to survive longer than a few years at a time, you know, they come and go. But he's been kicking for a few generations of bands. And, and so, yeah, when you come in, it feels like, okay, we're taking part of kind of this cool legacy that's been set forth. And being that it was an all-ages venue, it was a chance to nurture younger bands. I once actually had uh, an A&R rep from a label tell me that, that they love these Provo bands because they were so far ahead of most of these other bands because a lot of bands don't have a place to play until they're 21 in these, yeah. these other cities. But it's not just booking bands. Corey takes an active role in developing groups as well. And bands want Corey's attention, as Spencer from Sago points out. Our bands sucked at the time so bad. And so, like, you know, they, we resented that we couldn't get into Valor for a long time. We just time. gotta get in, we just gotta get on a bill at Valor. Yeah. That was, like, the goal. And he'd give us, like, a, a Wednesday, you know, first of five, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but he, Corey, like, looks at it like a like a basketball team, he talks about it. He's like, you know, he's like, we gotta create a starting lineup of bands in the scene. After all these years, I can see that happening over and over again, where he's he's really invested, even if you suck like we suck, like he's really invested in it and like wants you to succeed and bring you to that headline spot. One way Corey fosters a healthy and competitive scene is his Battle of the Bands night that is actually meaningful. Past winners, Madden Dragons, Neon Trees, Backseat Lovers, Aces, all international touring bands signed to labels. 
bands want to be in it and want to say that they're in that same category with those other those other bands. And there's an incredibly in-demand open mic night. I mean, a lot of our big artists that started here, it all started as like a solo open mic artist. And uh, the, again, the great example, Brady, Brady Parks. Brady Parks, yeah. There's an hourglass sitting on my table I'm watching As everything's changing my mind goes to a different time he wasn't like a massive standout. He was very talented, um, but he was one. He was the perfect example of someone that came in and took it seriously. And that now, I mean, their last show in Utah was 2,500 people. But it's not just the big successes. It's also the emotional connections. Maybe the most remarkable part of Velour is how the bands that Corey supported for years turned around and gave him a boost in his biggest time of need. As a teenager, I was diagnosed with kidney disease that I hid from uh, pretty much everybody most of my life. Then in 2015, he got devastating news. He would have to get on the kidney transplant waiting list. But my health started declining quicker than that. Friends suggested he go public to see if he could find a living donor, something Corey wouldn't normally do. Anyone who knows me knows that I am incredibly private with everything in my life. And... um. So I, I did, <laughs> like, eventually. Over 200 people signed up to find out if they could be a match, and a childhood friend seemed like a good possibility. I went through all the testing, and even, we even had a, a date set for the transplant, and then the last test revealed um, that that friend of mine was, there was an anatomy difference, and they the doctor refused to do it. So... To have all the support from the community and these fundraisers and everything, and then it didn't work. But then something remarkable happened. Brandon Robbins, lead singer of The Moth and the Flame, a band Corey supported throughout the years and who was on tour during that initial donor screening, decided just to get tested after hearing about the setback. So he's like in St. Louis going over to a hospital and getting, you know, getting tested along the way and everything. Sorry. Um... And, uh, yeah, like busted through all the testing in like a month and ended up being basically a perfect match and um, saved my life. Never love someone who could love someone like me. Could never love someone who could love someone like me. Shortly after recovering from transplant surgery, another hurdle landed in front of him. COVID shutdowns. The grants had run out, like the money had all run out. But once again, the music community, which Fox had enriched and nurtured, came through with another act of selflessness. Without me knowing any of this either, Imagine Dragons had kind of went behind my back and talked to our, the bank that we deal with, Zion's Bank, across the street, and uh, ended up arranging a deal and paid off my mortgage for the, for the building. Incredible. So. Uh, again, full circle, but uh, yeah, pretty amazing uh, community we have here. Waking up to ash and dust, I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust. I'm breathing in the chemicals. I asked Corey what he hopes the future of Allure looks like. You know, when you get a new kidney, it's not, it doesn't last forever. Sure. I already feel like I'm a bit on borrowed time with all of this. So I, 
I'm just appreciating it's it all. Nice. I mean, of course, yeah. I always, I still have goals. There's still a lot of great bands right now. There's a, there's kind of a new renaissance post-COVID. I overheard that she was 19. She's got a fake ID and the nose ring. Those kind of girls tend to know things better than I do. Bands like the Backseat Lovers. And Corey leaves me with a story that I think sums up the whole point of why he does this and why we go experience art together. Art doesn't become art until it interacts with other people. Yeah. So so that same example, like if you did a painting in your house to yourself, it isn't art yet. That's right. Until other eyes see it and then, then it comes to life and has meaning and... Uh, that's a big motivation I try to give bands is like, why would you want to write music and then not play to people? That's Corey Fox of Velour. Want to thank Corey for his time, as well as thanking Thomas and Spencer of the band Sago. Hat tip to our producer, Miguel Perez. There's plenty of Sense of Play stuff for you to check out. You can find it at worldcafe.org. My name is Kaleo. This his world cafe. What does it mean to be black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. The right agent can make or break your home search. That's why Homes.com provides an agent directory that details each agent's experience so you can find the right one and ultimately the right home. Homes.com. We've done your homework.